0: This episode of Earl Grey is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 150,000 titles for iPhone, iPad, and iPod, Android, Kindle, Windows Phone, plus Mac or PC. To get a free audiobook of your choice, visit audibletrialcom Trek FM. This is Houston Huddleston from New Starship, and I'm restoring the Enterprise D Bridge, and you're listening to Trek FM. Earl Grey hot. It's time for another serving of Earl Grey, our dedicated TNG show. I'm Darren Moser, sitting in the center chair this week. I'm joined by my co host, Daniel Prue, who's sitting in red at the con. Daniel, it's it's almost time for your you know yearly eval. Are, are you happy at ships navigate as the ships navigator? Look, I have to tell you,
1: with the with the incline at like forty five degrees back, I can just kind of sit. I can you know I just I put my sunglasses on. I don't have to open my eyes. I can kind of just sleep here. This is like my job. I can just relax. Just just leave me where I am. I'm really comfortable where I don't have to do any actual work.
0: Okay, well, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a negative crew evaluation here on the Enterprise-D, so you must be doing a good job. So, Well, also, down in engineering is Chief Engineer Philip Gilfuss. Philip, I'm detecting a plasma leak in a crawl space down there. Could, could you go repair that?
2: Uh, plasma leak? Qu- quick, evacuate engineering! Evacuate engineering! Okay, I've been doing a good ab workout. I think I'm going to be able to do this good. All right, all right, here I go. Okay. All right, that was a good barrel roll. Whew.
0: Very good, very good. Okay, you you lived to tell another tale. <laughs> well, well, in this episode of Earl Gray, we are going to be discussing our favorite engineer of the one seven zero one D, Jordy LaForge. Argyle. Oh,
1: oh, Argyle. We're doing, Actually, we're doing he, Argyle. Actually, I think
0: Jordy went in and redacted Argyle's file from you know all previous records, and so he, I mean, really. It, Okay, maybe they have like a little plaque, you know, down in engineering, and it's got all the names of the engineers, but they're written really, <laughs> really small. And then it's it's based on how long you've done the job. It, the is the font size of your name. So Geordie the Forge is like font twenty. Argyle's like font two.
2: I, I always thought it was Lieutenant Commander Leland T. Lynch, Warp Corps
0: Memorial. <laughs> the Warp Corps Memorial. Uh, well, because he was trying to mount the plaque on the warp core and you don't he died yeah and it actually you don't want to do that it doesn't respond well to drywall screws let's just let's just leave (laughs) it at that (laughs) (laughs) but um i first wanted to start out with what are our first impressions on geordie laforge this this is a formal report so uh philip what are your first thoughts on on this member of the crew
2: well, you know, this is one of the things about Jordy, uh, you know, being the chief engineer. Because you know, when I first started watching the Next Generation, um, it was the third or the fourth season, so I kind of always knew him as the chief engineer. So it was sort of interesting to go back and be like, oh, he was the con officer in red. Oh, oh, that's uh, he was on the bridge the whole time. Interesting, interesting. So it's almost like this, like sort of prequel you never knew about, at least from from my perspective. So, um, but but no, I, I think. Um, in in some ways i i think Jordy is is one of those characters that you know we'll talk about that that people sort of criticize for not having much to do um throughout the series so i say i certainly liked him but but you know did we ever know the real Jordy?
0: That's true i think haven't you written a piece or two about changing from uh, red to gold don't worry we'll get we'll get to that we'll get to that later but uh daniel what are your your first thoughts on uh on this dynamic character. You
1: know, uh, I I remember as a kid, there there are a few characters that I I was always kind of drawn towards and and Data was one of them and and Geordi was one of them. I don't know if it's cuz they were like BFFs forever, but um I I actually really always liked Geordi and I don't I don't remember particularly well the transition between con officer George, Geordi and uh chief engineer Geordi, but I just remember always being like you know, this is kind of a guy that he's cool and hip. And now that that I'm older and watching him, I'm like, wow, this guy is such a huge dork. Like, he can't get anything right. But I don't know. There's just something endearing about the character. I don't know if it's... I think it's probably the way that LeVar Burton plays him. Because I think LeVar Burton is like a really... Uh, Likeable human being. So, like, even when you watch Jordy kind of stumble and be like, "Uh, the the file didn't say you were married," like, like it's still like, you still kind of like him, and yeah, right, and you still kind of root for him. So it's like, I I like Jordy. I always have. There's nothing to not like about him. You you kind of always want to root for him, whatever the situation is.
2: It's probably the Jordy laugh that no matter what he does. Geordie laughing, the Levar Burton laughing. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> it's just so infectious and just makes everyone's day seem better. It is. He's got he's got a great
0: great laugh and just uh, a a wonderful grin. He he's just uh, you know I think once and you know he pulled off that that kind of crew cut look really well. I mean, it doesn't look militaristic. It looks you know because that's really hard to do future sci-fi hair as advocated by Troy sometimes future sci-fi hair is kind of hard to pull off but as we've already been alluding to uh we're going to now talk about Jordy's shift from red to yellow his shift from com- uh command to engineering so first we we do see Jordy in command uh, i think it's it's all of season 1 right it's the beginning of season 2 that he gets that promotion correct right. And, but there's some great times he has at the command chair. I mean, he, uh, I think his, one of his highest moments is arsenal of freedom where he's basically put in charge, sitting in that center chair. And he gives, he comes up with a plan. He separates the saucer. He takes the battle bridge, you know, the battle section back and uses the atmosphere to detect the, you know, the cloaked probe. And he's like, I mean, I, i'm always the first to say oh man if if data's ever in command boy that's a great episode but you know those few times we got jordy in command he rocked it
2: and the good thing about jordy he was he was kind and rewound the tape on the battle bridge for the av club guy so that the next person wanted to see what mission happened you know that's that's always the good polite thing to do
0: that's true isn't it like a secondary bridge simulator you know it's off hours when it's not being used
2: No, it's totally true because I, as you alluded to, have written an entire article about this um, where where Geordie functions very much about all the folks who went from red to yellow in uh, in Next Generation. Some went back. (laughs) Yeah, and and I know I've talked about this before, so I won't go on and on and on. But yes, I think when I went back... um, in my rewatch currently, but but other times and seeing Jordy in red, I'm like, oh my gosh, this guy really had command potential. And in my article, I kind of compare him to uh, Lieutenant Sulu, that in the original series, you know, a lot of times Scotty was in command, but Sulu was was kind of like the the second or the third officer, if you will. Um, and then of course we eventually see Sulu get the Excelsior, and and I think with Jordy, you saw that that. Possibility that you show, showed him in command in red, and even a few times in engineering, being in command because he's in command of engineering, I and mean, even he was in command of uh, Mr. Scott with Scotty as his chief engineer in relics. And so, you know, there was an alternate reality in Voyager where he became a, a captain, Jordy uh, did. Um, but, 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 but yeah, I, I definitely thought like, you know, it would have been cool to have him in red one more season, like season two, just keep him in red, two seasons of red, and then five in yellow. And I think that, that would have been cool just to still see him on the bridge. Um, doing the thing there, you know, and
1: the thing is too. Like, I, I don't know if I necessarily agree agree with keeping him in red beyond season one. But Jordy in red. <laughs> and one thing I do have to say about <laughs> Arsenal of Freedom, it is the earliest example. Like, like TNG is very like intermittent about the competency of some of its characters. But we get a really strong Troy episode, like an actual like, "Hey, I'm going to be a counselor and I'm going to tell, I'm going to t- I'm going to help Jordy along with his command in that episode," and and uh, like she really encourages him, and you know I, that's besides the point because we're doing Jordy, but I just wanted to mention that. No, that's um, a
0: good point. I mean, she actually earns her seat next to the captain during that <laughs> that <yeah>. mission.
1: <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, like you're right. Like in, in the original series, we see Scotty. Like he's right behind Spock, as uh, you know, in command of the Enterprise, and we don't get that sense. Like I think throughout later TNG, that that, Geordi's uh, next in line behind Perk, uh, well Picard and Riker, Data, and then even Data. Like that's what I mean. Like, he'd, like he's yeah, I think like he's fourth, fourth or know. fifth or maybe even yeah. sixth in line because he's not commander. We have two other commanders that are above him, and like, but it's like um, no. Earlier on in the series, we actually get to see like if Jordy was in command he's a pretty competent guy he knows what he's doing you know he's 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 earned his place and he could probably handle being in that center seat for a little while
2: yeah and i think another thing not only does he show uh, command potential i think the cool setup of season 1 Again, watch season one. Watch season one. <laughs> Not all of it, but like 70% of season one. Um, it's, is, it's... Is, exactly. Is that whole Data Geordie dynamic? Because you're like the whole, like, oh, they're friends. Well, this is the reason why. They, they just make it up. Um, but season one, they're sitting next to each other the whole time. And, you know, they're it's bridge like buddies. It's like
0: in PE when, you know, you have your name and you, so you're on number of eight. <laughs> and then whoever sits next to you at 16, because that's, you know, you go down two rows and they end up being your best friend. That, that actually happened to me. So.
2: <laughs> exactly, exactly. That last name is just a letter of part or something. But yeah. Um and and also Jordy and I've said this before so I going to but is the is the smart aleck of next generation because we get that on the bridge during season 1. He's the one that's always giving some smart aleck remark to kind of, you know, relieve the tension and and be the funny guy to tell Ferengi jokes. You know, that's his job. And so once once he moves down to main engineering, you don't really get that as much humor as you got from him that first season.
0: No, but it definitely makes sense of why they added that engineering station at the back of the bridge to get him back up there, because otherwise we'd you'd like never see him. But well, although moving to be, uh, you know, the chief engineer did have some perks, uh, for command, you know, Lieutenant commander LaForge, forge, like meeting Scotty. I'm sure that was a huge, uh, bucket list. item. Oh, he yeah, didn't even realize He was so
1: good about that. <laughs>
2: Hey, he, he, I think he reacted to really to him the, the, enjoy that. He reacted to him the same way he reacted to Barclay. Like, ah, do I have to? Or Ensign yes, Gomez. Yes, Mr. LaForge, you have to. Or almost <sighs> anybody
1: else that shows up in engineering. He actually is really, really short <laughs> with people that, that interfere with his work.
2: Well, he's a typical engineer. Uh-oh, I've just alienated half our audience.
0: <laughs> well, he also got to meet Dr. Zephyrin Cochran, you know, another famous, uh, you know.
2: Well, did, Darren, did you know he went... To Zephyr Cochran High School.
0: Oh, yeah, I don't think he should have told him that. I think that that made him run into the woods. <laughs> but, and he also got to meet uh, Samuel Clemens. I mean, we're forgetting <laughs> all the emotional impact We don't he had.
1: Just, <laughs> Let's not. That's just not.
2: Well, no. you know, Jordy is actually, and I'm going to say this, if someone correct me, is the most promoted person in the next generation.
0: Oh, he promotes so fast. Yeah, he starts as lieutenant junior grade in uh, 2354, which is the first year, the first season. Next year, he's promoted to lieutenant as, and as he's the chief engineer. And then the year after that, he makes lieutenant commander. So basically, I mean, this is probably the real reason he was transferred off the bridge, because he probably would have usurped Riker and gotten the Titan <laughs> within another two years. He was on the fast track. I mean, around Riker, Riker's going to look like he's just standing still.
1: Uh, so let's be fair then. In Star Trek canon, aside from Wesley, who went from uh, civilian to God <laughs> to acting, do um, <laughs> is he not the most promoted character in all of Star Trek? Because we actually see him go from lieutenant junior grade to captain in. Um,
2: like what? Alternate future Voyager.
1: Ten, ten years maybe, even, maybe even less than that. So no. yeah,
2: you're... a little more, but yeah, maybe fifteen, but pretty because I mean, from pretty encounter great, to yeah. Nemesis was ten or eleven or twelve years. So Yeah,
0: and remember, even the, in the Voyager, that was oh like future, you're right, it was in Voyager the future. Yeah, you're cause right because they had you're taken right. many years to get back or, or like or to, Harry to had actually
2: gotten a promotion, so you know that was like way in the future. Yeah, like way. <laughs> I mean, like he... we're all dead. Well, that's he, the he J.J. Lieutenant
0: Junior, yeah. which was funny because he'd be Lieutenant Junior Grade, which is <laughs> <when> Jordy <started. laughs> where,
1: where Jordy would have started. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, well, one of the other defining aspects of uh, Jordy LaForge is his visor. Wait, what? And, yeah, I know. It's it's a it's an amazing uh, amazing piece of technology. I'm surprised oh, wait, you oh, didn't wait. notice it.
2: Oh, is that what that was? I just thought it was a. Oh, well, that explains. It's not just a headband.
0: It's not a future fashion to take a headband instead of wearing it, you know, above your head, to wear it in front of your face. I
2: thought he was in Devo. He's not.
0: not No, no. (laughs) But uh, so this, this, the writers did have a little bit of fun with this, you know, prop, as it were. I mean, from the visual acuity transmitter we see used once. Uh, which could have been used oh so many times <laughs> later. But where I guess maybe it's because he had to add like a salt shaker sized cube to the side of his face in order for this thing to transmit. I mean, hey, we can have a communicator the size of a poker chip that can go from the planet to the ship, but we can't transmit a video signal, you know, a kilometer without strapping a deck of cards to my ear.
2: Now, is this is this the next generation's version of Deep Space Nine's holographic communicator? Oh gosh, yeah. Well, but there are a we're lot. We're just gonna show it once, and yeah, never mind.
0: There are a lot of problems with the holographic communicator, though, because you live in a world where someone could beam over. It's like if you blink. Oh, hey, look. When did? How did that admiral get here? I thought he was back at Starfleet. Oh, he's standing in the blue box. That must mean he's not really here.
2: <laughs> he's in timeout. No, I, th- I thought it was interesting that apparently Data's an angel, um, because <laughs> he's just white light, according to Jordy. What isn't that how everyone sees him? It's like no, yeah, but...
0: you th- yeah, you'd think he would have realized that he thinks he thing sees things way different. You know, in the thirty plum plus odd years he'd probably lived at that point.
1: Well, let's... I mean, this was
2: go ahead, Daniel.
1: I was going to say let's be fair. He does actually see Data in all of his normal white glory. In in the first season, uh, Q episode, when he's when he's granted sight by Riker, so,
2: and he says, "Data, you're so beautiful, just as I imagined <laughs> you're you like would be." I imagined you.
0: <laughs> that's true. That's right. Because there's no one else in the room. He would have said that to. Who right? else would even said I, that to? That
1: doesn't make
2: any sense. I you're absolutely right. Man. Well, you know, this is the, the this is one of those things that I think you know we take um, for granted, but like you know, this was I think born out of. Um, 80s political correctness like hey we need someone with a disability on on the, on the on Star Trek like you know that's you know we need someone who's represented you know because that's that was the whole thing with the original series coming out of that you know we had this what do they call it Starship Earth you know where you have all the people of Earth represented on that bridge and so okay now we're at the 80s we're doing this again you know we're not I mean, we were, but we're, at least in making the show, we're not not as race conscious. Um, obviously, cultural still is and still is today. But anyway, um, but OK, we're going to have someone with a disability. And so, they OK, we're going to have a blind person. And of course, the irony is we're going to have a blind person flying the ship, you know, um, which I think Do Space Nine tried to think about doing that with the – but Melora. they ultimately, I just yeah, but they ultimately did didn't go with that. Because right. I think she was planned <laughs> to be a, a regular, but but anyways, but that's that's sort of a, a very interesting dynamic that, you know, for a lot of folks who, who have disabilities, they never saw themselves on Star Trek, but here you have a guy who's blind.
0: I think actually Jordy's name, LaForge, actually I think came from a fan who was in a wheelchair. I, I'm pretty sure I've I've heard that in reliable sources. So yeah, there's there's always been a strong connection to uh, representing that diverse aspect of the future in Geordi's character.
1: Yeah. And, and like, you know, not to be offensive or anything like that, but it's just like, I feel like, like Roddenberry just got this. He thought this was like a brilliant idea. Like, we'll have a blind guy drive the ship and like, you'll be <laughs> great. And it's just like, okay, like I see what you did there or whatever, <laughs> but obviously the character had to grow beyond that initial You know what I mean? Like just that initial idea, which he did, and I, you know, I think he became a very strong character.
0: Well, it comes down to the question of like, why again didn't we have a series regular as a chief engineer? Season one. I mean, that I was kind of surprised that they never cast that. Well, they did. It was the
2: same kind of irony. They had engineers who didn't know how to be an engineer. So it was, it was, it was kind of a running gag, and it didn't work out.
0: (laughs) Uh, Oh,
2: what are you saying
1: about Argyle? Exactly, Philip. I mean, you have a problem Okay, he's named or? after
0: a sock. I just can't take that man seriously. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I can't.
2: I want us to name all of them. We've only named two. There's like five in season one. But anyway. Um, there's, the, His, there's the woman. There's um, the woman. <laughs> Way to show your show century ethics, there's, Philip. There's, yeah, there's woman. There was only one, there's only there's one woman. There's black
1: guy. There's Irish guy. <laughs>
2: uh, and they walk into the tin forward. Yeah, never mind. Um, because uh, then they had uh, the guy in Arsenal of Freedom, the chief engineer, who oh uh, douchebag lieutenant, man, yeah, <laughs> that was kind slapped around. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, but yeah, yeah, the whole the whole because I think there are. I mean, I couldn't even name them all. There's probably at least I'd say five episodes where they encounter an alien culture that would have killed a blind person in their society, and Jordi oh, ends up yeah. sa- saving the planet. And he's like, "Well, how about them apples, Romulans?" Uh, so, uh, <laughs> I can't remember all of, like even oh, I'm blanking. On them I'm, I know just shout them out, fans shout them out. Cause there's like five episodes where it's like, Oh, we would have killed you cause you're in perfection. Well, well there's Romulans. Safe, there's we'll
0: the it. masterpiece society. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but there's, there's quite a handful and and they do use that, but it doesn't feel overused. I mean, they tooted oh, the no, not it a all. couple of times and then they put it down. So although
1: we do remember the, the very novel time that the blind guy met the deaf guy. Right. Like that's a very uh a significant event that happens in TNG. Well, that episode oh, was, lots lots was a whisper. whisper.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, but Picard, you know, definitely uh was a strong connection to Geordi though. I in again, it's it's not screen canon, but they do have some some pieces that reflect how Picard was responsible for getting Jordy uh positioned on the hood where, you know, he had some you know, promotion abilities and uh and and Jordy kinda ingratiated himself to Picard after I think he basically reworked a whole engine assembly on a shuttle after Picard made an offhand remark of it not performing up to spec and he's like, That's when I knew I wanted to serve with that man. Not not make him chief engineer, but, <laughs> but put, put him where I could see him right in the front. <laughs> you know, that's how now, much I trusted
2: him. Now, one thing we have not talked about was Jordy's additional duty, which I don't. You know, if you're in the military or at least in the army, you have additional duties that you're assigned. You know, you're you're this, but you're also going to be like, you know, assigned as like the evaluations guy. You always have an additional duty. Is right? he look right? out the window sensor you, guy? He is look out the window <laughs> sensor guy. So it's like, oh no, Jordy, the sensors aren't working. What are we going to do, Jordy? Could you look out a window and tell us what's happening? Okay, do do
0: do do. Well, I, I there was a window. On this bridge. Well, there is the dome, I guess,
2: above them, but that's kind of aimed at the (laughs) wrong direction. There was no window in the like. He couldn't even go to like the ready room. Like, could you go to the observation lounge and just radio us what's happening?
0: It's it's behind us, sir. Could you turn the ship around? Because I can't. I can't
1: see. I thought you were when you were saying that Jordy had extra, you know, duties. I thought you were going to go for the the data repair man. I thought that's the angle that you were going for there. Yeah,
0: you would think there would be a leading, you know, cyberneticist, you know, like on board to help maintain this nope, let's just have him, you know. What do you mean Dr. Crusher friends. works
2: on data?
1: No, only uh, one person in the whole galaxy can know anything about
2: androids. And nobody Dr. else Crusher. is allowed to understand <laughs> anything
1: about them. So
2: She was the first one to know where his off switch was, was the medical doctor.
1: Well, if you it, Philip, Philip. If you had an off-switch, would you not want to keep it hidden as well?
2: Right. Except it's like a self-destruct I, button. I would just take it off. Except <laughs> when I put it in the, the computer system component. and Commander Riker looked it up on the computer, which apparently it was free for everyone to look up by themselves. <laughs> <laughs> okay, he did have a high security access, so I'm going to give him the benefit of the
0: doubt. No, no, that no. That was
1: Datapedia. <laughs>
0: well, it's, yeah, but that's, well, that's yeah. true. Although we did have, uh, I think in later, uh, which which um oh i'm again i'm thinking of uh of uh my favorite book in the ever oh, ship, of the, ship line. of the line in uh, take ship a of the drink line. they they do they do mention that they have to take out data and and they are able to have some of his specs and that's how they figure out how to disable him and they're like the federation's too proud of their android so they freely share you know how to
2: how to disable him so well, it's an insurrection they have to do that that's true that's true
0: but uh, as we've seen even though he gets to see the electromagnetic spectrum he can cheat at cards uh his visor does have a few drawbacks uh brainwashing <laughs> would come to mind <laughs> he's, apparently, he's apparently a very you know he's either the covert agent who's going to kill the ambassador or the eye in the sky for the klingon empire to basically he just doesn't have a good tracker he I don't think Worf would ever let him join security. Let's just put it that way. I mean, you'd think, hey, he's like Robocop. His you know vision could be admissible as evidence. Nope, he's actually the biggest security threat roaming the halls of the uh, of the Enterprise D.
1: And let's be fair here, because um, his visor is what what was what doesn't allow him to take showers either, right? Like because you know. He's, well, whatever. It doesn't matter. Go ahead, Philip. Wait,
0: 24th century and that thing can't be waterproof? I'm just saying.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, the interesting thing is apparently he shaves. Um, I'm not sure how... But he does. Even he even does it the old-fashioned way. Because when Data gives him, I- I've never understood that that episode where it's like, D- "Jordy, you're not using the the special, you know, razor, electric razor, whatever it's called, you know, I've gave you." And Jordy's like, "I like to do it the old-fashioned way." I'm like, "Look, if you give me a razor that's modern and does the job faster, why would I not use it?" <laughs> I don't. I don't get that. No. It's like
1: a sonic razor
2: or whatever that, <laughs> whatever the heck it is. Now, Jordy did try to. He he did have a beard for a little bit, right? He did, because Jabbar Burton
0: uh, actually wanted to grow it out for his wedding, and so they let him keep it for a couple episodes uh,
2: um, in, in real life. I think everyone got a chance at the beard, right? Data. Yeah, Data
0: had a beard. Riker, Picard Orf. had his little uh, beard in Hollow oh, Pursuit. Yeah.
1: No, Wesley, though. Wesley never got a beard.
2: Well, he really... Well,
0: he has a beard now.
1: Yeah, that's
2: just like, true. That's true. So... <laughs> he has an epic one, so... so... It's not fatted and not so yeah. much. She dyed it in the first contact. No Barkley it wasn't beard. wasn't pretty. No,
0: no Barkley beard. But, well, and although, again, his visor is supposed to be able to see all this stuff. Okay, so follow with me. So he's he can see X rays. He can see gamma rays. He can, although he couldn't quite see that plasma fire that was about to erupt in the cargo bay. But, you know, besides that, he, you know, he supposedly sees all these different things. Yet, in. In Generations, when he's taken captive and, and his visor is tuned so that the Klingons can pick it up, it projects perfect 1080p, you and me see vision, straight to the Klingons. And it, riddle me that. How, how does that work?
1: You see, in the, in the episode uh, of TNG, where we actually get to see through the visor, uh the enterprise D didn't heart have the right it didn't have the right codec. Oh, it's oh. a codec um, issue. Yes, and then Ed, the, the you know, Lursen ship did have the right. So they could actually see it in normal vision.
0: I thought there was like a set of dip switches on the side and he just didn't realize if he put like number 2 down and number 5 up, boom, <laughs> I could see just like everyone else. I mean, his whole life it's just it's kind of sad. No one had the heart to tell him because it just as year after year ticked by it well, just got more and more awkward.
2: <laughs> now, Jordy is one of those characters and, and 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 I don't know, I guess I'm interested. I don't know if I have an opinion, so I'll, hopefully y'all do. Uh, well, he has a wishful thought. Uh, in other words, <laughs> <just kidding>. you, <laughs> No, no, no. You have all these characters who like had something about them. And you know, we saw it all 7 years. Um, and then in the movies, they started to fulfill these wishes and I'm like, did we need to? And so, you know, whether it's the emotion chip or whether it's whatever. But with Jordy, he finally got the implants. He he got the implants. And so I was like, eh, did we want that? I mean, I don't know. It was, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know.
1: I have to say about that, that, I you know, last, well, two weeks ago, we did our um, Encounter at Farpoint episode. And very clearly early on um, in that episode, the very first episode of TNG, G. Crusher gives him two options. She says that I can give you painkillers for for you know all of the side effects, or we'll we interfere do, with how the visor works, doctor right, or we can do exploratory surgery so within eight to ten years between the between encounter at far point and first contact. I feel like it's reasonable that medical science has advanced far enough that Jordy should be able to replace the visor. That makes total sense to me. I think that's, Daniel, not, that's you, not wish fulfillment. That's actually seems that's, that's that's continuity to me.
2: Daniel, you're forgetting season two when he visited oh, no. another doctor <laughs> who said, "Oh, Jordy, I can solve all of your problems. <laughs> really? Yeah. Is that? Do you, do you want me to just get rid of the visor and give you implants and get rid of all the pain and you can see perfectly?" Let me think about it, Doc. I'll get back to you in seven years.
0: I don't remember if she says that he could see perfectly, but I think, I thought I remember it was something along the lines of whatever she could give him, it wouldn't be as good as the visor. Like, even though the visor hurt and it was exterior, like, the technology wasn't quite there until, like, first contact, where, okay, now they're inside my head and I got baby blues, you know, and. (laughs) We'll just, you know, I don't know. Again, but that's a very good point. I mean, they they kind of opened up a box there, and then the writers quickly shut it and shoved it in the corner.
2: Well, and, and what Daniel brought up in Counter at Farpoint, think about it this way. I mean, and I don't think I've ever thought about it until this moment. Jordy says wearing the visor causes him pain. So for every episode of Next Generation that you see Jordy wearing his visor, he is in acute pain. Maybe
0: he goes back to his, you know, quarters and just, like, rip something's head off, you know, to, to de-stress at the end of the day.
1: No, it is... it is Like, they'll... Especially early on in TNG, they kind of reference it and kind of allude to it. But later on, they kind of drop it and forget about it. But no, but it is actually, I think, something that was supposed to be established in his character that they, they, they kind of just let fall by the wayside. Unfortunately, I kind of feel like that would have been an, an interesting kind of driving factor for him. Because imagine, like you can see all of these things you can do all these things but it's intensely painful for you just to go through your day-to-day
2: um unfortunately we didn't get that but that's and then cool. you have barkley as one of your lieutenants. i mean that's a lot of pain to have to deal I'm with. i'm
0: surprised you didn't kill someone during that week of working with barkley <laughs>
2: maybe he got rid of all the other chief engineers ah.
0: well as uh as jordy has lived you know a a very difficult life at times uh You would think that love would smile upon Uh, him. uh, (laughs) Uh, He's had a a sword amount of relationships. We have, you know, Christy Henshaw, which he uh, kind of worked. I don't know. I think, didn't he have to be, like, possessed by an alien before she actually found him attractive? Yeah. So that didn't work. We have the uh, holographic footnote, I married Leia Brahms, who you know, a great character, and I think in later non-canon books, they do put them together, but uh, but then we have, you know well, not even in All Good Things, I think in the books that take place past that, uh, he's on actually the Challenger, and and Leia Brahms is with him, and Scotty, and you know, all those characters you know and love but, uh, you know, and then you have Aquiel Unani, who is I don't know, a little strange. And he, as as a creeper, he's reading all of her personal logs. <laughs> but what do you guys think of of Jordy's uh, ch- tries at romance? He seemed to connect better th- with Guinan than any other character, uh, you know, of the opposite sex.
2: Well, I, again, to toot my own horn, I've written an article about this called um, "Data and This Jordy's episode love shall Ad- now,
0: from then forth, be known as the referencing everything that Philip wrote. <laughs>
2: That's right. Now we have to get bad morals in this somehow. Um, yeah, because it, it, I, I basically wrote about Jordy and Data's love advice, examining both of their successes and failures. Um, you know, I, I once saw an interview with with LeVar Burton, and I, I believe it, it may have been on a Next Generation extra right just maybe making that up but i did see and he definitely had some strong feelings against the way it was portrayed and he was saying that you know well you know the, the writers maybe it was this whole sort of like you know afraid of giving the you know the black man romance or something and and i mean i don't think he was too happy with the fact that you have this guy who's smart who's in charge and is a total nerd geeko with the ladies so which i could definitely see his perspective um but yeah you know it, it's sort of in world yeah you you see that he can't make a date he's he's sort of neurotic whether it's the the real leah or the real christy making those holodeck programs or the lights and the music and the waves and the and it's like dude you know we're gonna kind of just like be yourself man um so yeah he he, he never he never got it together um for the holodeck Leah
0: <laughs> what do you think Daniel
1: it's it's interesting because I I don't know like again as someone who looked up to this character when I was younger like I was always like oh man I'm never gonna get girls like I don't, <laughs> don't understand them either Jordy. I'm totally with you so did like, he
0: tell the writers my character needs to get a girl because I'm a role model to children <laughs> <laughs> we need to give these 14 year old boys hope <laughs> <laughs>
1: As you know, like, I'm a,
0: I'm a, I'm a role model. Captain
2: Picard. Geordi <laughs> G- has a date day. It's more of like a half hour. He has a lunch break.
1: You know, like going back through and watching these episodes now, like. Like when he's on the holodeck with that with the one girl there and like he's like, We need a mandolin player on the beach. Yeah. yeah. You know, when it's dark out <laughs> of <laughs> the Trying moonlight. too hard there, Jordy. Yeah. Trying like too it's hard. It's like it's like so like it's it's hard to watch, but I I have to tell you, as like an adolescent watching the show, I was like, Man, like, what is he doing wrong?
2: Like, it totally <laughs> yeah. makes sense. Scribbling like, notes in your composition got book.
1: moves, Jordy, you got the moves. Close the deal. Uh, you know, and and I I understand his frustration, like Levar Burton's frustration, because it's like I do feel like they should have, like Leah Brahms, in my mind is Jordy's, you know, in in my head canon, it's Jordy's wife. Like, not maybe not when we saw him, but. But afterwards, he it worked it out somehow. She got divorced, or whatever.
0: It doesn't the book,
2: matter. And the books do touch on that. They actually that's the divorce, exactly what happened. Daniel, I think you're being a little innocent about what happened here. <laughs> <laughs> he was I a think, chief engineer, and then all I of a sudden he, he wasn't. was a <laughs> he was a homebreaker. Let's just say it. Let's just say what Jordy is. All right? Well, whatever. He went in there, whatever. Stole the married woman from the man. That's what happened. Let's just just be up front. I know. I know your 24th century values, Daniel. <laughs>
1: But, um, you know, like, so in my mind, it's like, yeah, he did kind of have, like, a seven to ten year rough patch. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, <laughs> I'll be in holiday too. <laughs> uh, you know, but right after that, we, you know, what we just didn't see. Like, maybe Leah Brahms was, you know, was at the wedding of the Rikers. And like they struck up a conversation and you mean the Troys (laughs) (laughs) Troys. (laughs) and you know, maybe it worked out for him in the end. I I like it. Like I understand what they were going for with his character and it makes sense in universe. I just wanted to I wanted to see him happy at the end of
0: it. I mean, if you think about it, I'm sure he's there sitting on the side looking at, wow, they won't even let Riker get in a committed relationship. I I I got no hope. If they won't if they they won't put that character in a, a firm relationship, well, I'm doomed.
2: Not only did they take never give him a wife in the, in you know in the in the or get him married or give him, you know, it doesn't have to be married, but give him a stable relationship, they killed his best friend. They killed his only best friend.
0: Okay, well, Gosh. speaking okay, speaking of his best friend, obviously <laughs> Data, Lieutenant Commander Data, which, I mean, maybe Data was just kind of helping him out because he was two ranks below, you know, Data. I mean, do do you hang out, Philip, with people who are two ranks higher than you, you know, <laughs> off the clock?
2: They don't hang out with me. That's what it okay, is. Okay, there we go. That's, <laughs> that, there it is. But, no, but there is definitely a,
0: a, a special friendship. And as as we've already spoken about how you know, when we were younger and we would watch the show and we would emulate to these characters, you know, I would definitely I love that friendship that they had. I mean, they're they're playing on the holodeck, they're, you know, Sherlock and Watson. Oh, yes. And, you know, flying in the face of copyright laws that they didn't realize <laughs> at the time. <laughs> They're like, it's the 24th century. The statues, the limitations have to have expired Whoa, by now. Way over this It has boring. to be public domain by now. <laughs> yeah, it's gotta be. But uh, no, but yet Mickey Mouse still is not. <laughs> but but no, I mean, uh, what do we think about Data and just his interaction with, with the Forge? I mean, eventually culminating in in some real you know, interaction though in like oh. generations. I wonder where that had. was leading to. Well
2: no, no, just with, <laughs> in generations Danfic? No, in generations <laughs> with
0: uh with his emotion chip, you know, he I mean, basically when when Jordy is kidnapped, I mean we can start here, but like when is kidnapped, that affects data more than anything because that's his best friend. I mean, yeah, if it had been Riker or Troy, like with a gun to their head, he probably would have said, eh, fifty fifty chance, I'm an Android. I could I can take him out. But Joe Jordy, he's like, Oh my gosh, you know. And and yet Jordy reciprocates that back in in Nemesis where he lets he helps Data jump ship <laughs> uh over to the scimitar. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> but uh but you know, what do you guys think uh what do would you think of, you know, just how they had these two paired, you know, from day one sitting next to each other at in flight school? <laughs>
1: You know, I, I like all Star Trek fans. I think, or at least all TNG fans. I love the Data Geordi relationship. Like, it's it's like you know, in the well, in the in the most manly way possible. It's 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 adorable, romance. right? It's it's it is. It's 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 a very early example of what we get. Um, you know, later on. You know, it it is the Spock Kirk relationship of of TNG. You know, it's That's this true. kind of like. Super close friendship that you can have, you know. I just I love every aspect of it, and I know. I know Philip has watched the show, and I don't. You know, I don't, I don't know if you have Darren or not, but anybody should check out all of the community references that there are. To you know, Community kind of builds another relationship based on the the, the data Jordy relationship, oh, that's and sunny, it's yes. it's also wonderful. But you know, it's just like. Uh, from the first episode, where you know, even in the first season or two,
2: Jordy and Data I, in the morning,
1: <laughs> you know, you know, uh, in the first season or two, we don't really get a sense of. It's just, I think it's something that kind of organically grew out of, out of the out of the crew and out of the cast and out of the writing. Like it was just, it wasn't anything I don't think they planned on from the start. But it's like if you watch from Encounter at Farpoint to Nemesis, it's like. It's one of the strongest character relationships that come out of out of the next generation, and I love every aspect
0: of it no their their family, their brothers, I mean, a blind man teaching an Android to see that's got to be worth <laughs> something in someone's book.
2: <laughs> but it's so much for like the, the computer and the tricorder that are friends, basically um, but but yeah, because I, I think you know data ha- needs needs a an interpreter. Or a translator, like mm. what is that? And Jordy's like, oh, oh, I got it for you, Dave. This is what's going on. You know, to this snoop. is the joke. To, this is to, to yeah. move
0: covertly
2: <laughs> pants to slink down. Uh, you know, yeah. and 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 Jordy is just too happy to to, to kind of take data through his uh, you know, hand in hand, uh, you know, or t- you know, hold his hand through his his uh. Quest through humanity and all that stuff, but yeah, it's it's very good because they also bounce off each other. You know, Data's trying to be like, I don't, you know, this girl just made out with me. What do I do? And jordy's like, Ah, well, you know, it depends. Is she kind of getting off a relationship and all this? But then, you know, jordy also goes to Data too, and and so yeah, it's 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 definitely um because I think for a lot of the the Star Trek characters and the Next Generation characters, they're in some ways at very lonely positions because like jordy is the chief engineer, so he's the guy in charge. And he's not going to, you know, hang around with the captain of their first officer. I mean, officer. there's three
0: people who have <laughs> yeah. higher clearance than him, Data
2: being one. Exactly. You know, th- and I th- think of the list of murder suspects it's always in. Like, who could have possibly done this technical thing? Well, it's either Geordi or Data or the butler. Or the um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean,
0: I mean, the bridge can't be that clean all the time without a butler exactly or a fleet of Roombas
2: <laughs> but but yeah it's it's definitely you know like you said sort of a, for the for the Niners sort of like the O'Brien Bashir um the Kirk Spock the Kim Paris who actually knew that one um yeah, or the Kim trip Paris, yeah or the trip uh um Malcolm you know so Reed. so yeah it's it's uh it definitely definitely is a definitely good thing
0: and that's true. Like you guys said, I mean, because we know that they meet for the first time at Encounter, so we're seeing this friendship form from the very beginning. Whereas, like Troy, obviously, already knew, you know, Riker and. And Picard, do you remember how I told you we can have right. secret conversation? Say it, it right.
2: Do you remember how we told you? <laughs> Why do I still have an accent in my head?
0: Because I'm not speaking. And technic- yeah, technically, you shouldn't have accents if you're talking telepathically. I'm just saying. Yeah. that's. Uh, I'm sorry, that.
1: Darren. Apparently, you just don't understand the Mzadi relationship. Oh, I don't. It's true. I
0: don't.
2: Neither did Jordy.
0: <laughs> no, he didn't. But you know, I, I would say that I think Data or I think Jordy would put together a much better
2: bachelor party for Riker than Data ever would.
0: So here's a question:
2: <laughs> What what kind of novels does Jordy write? Do we know? Like, are they like, uh, you know? romance novels is he writing sort of the 24th century fabio covers because they never never talk about what, what it is
0: well remember no one writes they only make holo novels so if you can't program a holodeck you're worth nothing uh it's yeah it's just i it's have different.
1: to say and full disclosure here people the only star trek book i've ever read ever
0: ship of the line right because <laughs> i have
2: I've, you know i i have no was it after you watched it... justice no it's not um um
1: was a uh young adult children's you know slash preteen novel about i think there was i don't know if it was a whole series i assume it was because this was the only one i had but there was a uh, you know uh like a the academy years yes the cadet series the cadet series okay thank you i remember reading the, the
2: warf one i think
1: yeah the only one i ever read and i i i probably read it Close to ten times because I thought it was such a good book. Was the Jordy, uh, you know, he's in the academy years and he plays capture the flag and that, like that's like the, the big crux of the novel. So I just I just I figured this would be the, the perfect time to point that out. And it was an amazing. Like if any if like seriously if any of our listeners know the name of that book, please let me
0: know because I will buy that book with right now. The Cadet Series, Jordy LaForge. <laughs> just throwing I think, it out there.
2: Y- you know we should do a crossover with Literary Treks and talk about the Cadet TNG series. Deepak. I
1: would love to talk about that book cuz I read <laughs> it the least. Obviously, if ten there's times. any book we're going
0: to be talking about when we crossover <laughs> with Literary Treks, I think Maybe we could do what the book novelization
2: of Justice. Hmm.
0: Justice? No, there's real justice in this world so that doesn't <laughs> exist. <laughs> Oh, well, guys, it's been a lot of fun talking about Geordie LaForge today, but it's just one of the Trek topics we've been talking about on Trek FM this week. But you don't have to take my word for it.
2: Previously on Trek.FM, Standard Orbit.
0: The Enterprise.
1: Because if you break it down, you've got a flying saucer with rockets. It's
0: everything that he was trying to avoid, but it's so much more than that. He found a way to make a flying saucer
2: with rockets make sense. Earl Grey. Encounter at point.
1: The alien ship is literally shooting at and <laughs> killing colonists on the planet. And he's like...
2: I haven't had my talk to talk with Beverly yet. The Ready Room.
0: Star Trek
1: continues.
2: Even on just seeing a corridor
0: wall, you'll see like there's just a slash of, of red against the wall. <laughs> that That's a stylistic choice that they were making in, in that era. So Matt has a great
2: eye while we're shooting a scene. The orb
0: the and the
2: S9. It, It's a milestone in the Cliff Bowl directing of Star Trek and Deep Space Nine. Defiant marks the final non appearance of sirak Glofton in a Cliff Bowl directed episode. To the journey!
0: Innocence
2: Rewrite. We'll use a deflector dish to
1: emit a tachyon beam, fire a few photon torpedoes, blow up the anomaly of the week. And then we'll just fly off into space like we do at the end of every week.
2: Commentary, Trek Stars.
0: Remembering Cliff Bull with
2: Larry Nemechek. But the, the thing about Cliff personally was um, that I'll always remember and it comes through in the transcript. He's a pretty plain-spoken guy. And he would <laughs> call a spade a spade. And uh, how, how? what's your rating on this podcast? Are you pretty much up to... Uh, Warp 5.
0: Requel design. Or just... You know, for the sake of the actors, so they felt like in the design people, they felt like this was a real place that um, people would believe, and I, I just really appreciate that. Literary treks. John Jackson, Jackson-, Miller, Jackson- Miller, absent enemies.
1: And, and of course, the, the you know the larger thing about the whole phasing thing is it allowed me to tell a a story that I think had a a, a Star Trek feel to it. Uh you know, with regard to uh
0: you know the issue of war and peace.
2: And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm.
0: So check out these shows and get in on the daily trek talk. You'll find them on iTunes, Stitcher, the Windows Podcast Directory for Xbox and Zune, or you can stream them from the website. Just visit Trek.fm slash PD for the podcast directory to get all the links. Well we have some great feedback, guys. Uh someone navigated through our website and clicked on that tab on the right, like we told them to, and sent us a great email from Jason Sorensen. So he writes, whenever the Trek saga has showcased any crossover elements, it was always a unique and fun sight to see. The same is very much true for the Trek FM family of shows. Compliments to Daniel, Darren and Philip for partnering with the intrepid to the journey, to, the, to journey! the journey, for a quintessential quandary on the Q continuum. Wow. That's a lot of cues there. Here's to hoping you go for the trifecta and partner up with the orb for a quick collaboration. Oh, here that Chris. Orb. He, was in, the orb. he was in Q was in there. Q is in there although I think we're queued out at this point, but so thank you Jason for your feedback. If you'd like to share your thoughts on today's Earl Grey, just go to trekfm/contact. There's a form there. Choose to send a show. That option on the side, choose Earl Grey and that'll come to all three of us by email. You can also use the tab on the right-hand side of any page to send us a voicemail using your webcam's microphone, and you can talk to us and other listeners on our forums at trek.fm slash forums. In social media, you'll find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm, and on Twitter under username trek.fm. Also, please let us know how we're doing by leaving an iTunes review. That will help other listeners find our show here in 2014. Before we go, I'd like to ask everyone to please support our sponsor who helps us bring Earl Grey to you each week. Our sponsor for this week is Audible.com. Audible is a great way for you to read all the books you've wanted to read but never thought you'd had the time for. Audible is the premier source for audiobooks with more than 150,000 titles to choose from and new titles coming every week, from classics to current bestsellers and even some of the most famous Star Trek books like Prime Directive, Federation, and Spock's World. Audible has something for everyone. As a Trek FM listener, you can get a free audiobook of your choice along with a 30-day trial to see just how great Audible is. So give it a try today. Catch up on all those classic Star Trek books you've yet to read and that latest novel from your favorite author as well. Just go to audibletrial.com slash trekfm and sign up today. And we thank Audible for supporting Earl Grey and Trek FM. And lastly, there's one more way that you can directly help us keeping Earl Grey coming to you each week, and that's by adopting some aliens. Well, illustrations of aliens, anyway. If you can go to trek.fm slash donate, you'll find eight original alien illustrations by Toba Ushi, who does most of the artwork you see on our website. They're available in both badges and art prints, and there are different contribution levels that you can choose from. Just let us know what you would like and in what format. Again, you'll find them at trek.fm slash donate. And your support helps us to pay for the costs of production, hosting, and bandwidth that's needed to bring the show to you each week. Now, Philip, if someone was wanting to discuss with you, you know, this whole visor, you know, fashion statement of the 24th century, uh, where where would they, they find you?
2: Well, I mean, I, I think definitely I I'm, might take my glasses off if I ever have to look at any classified material just in case because... Maybe Google ga- Glass is controlled by the Romulans. Uh, they can find me on Twitter at NC Public Servant. That's NC like North Carolina. And, Daniel, if
0: uh, someone is interested in your patented barrel roll technique, uh, how would they reach you about that?
1: Well, of course, they could reach me on Twitter at 1upDan. dan, that is the number one, not the word.
0: And if someone would like to discuss talking about BFFs in space, like Lieutenant Commander Data and Lieutenant Commander Geordi LaForge, they can find me on Twitter. I'm at Dr. SciFi. That's D R S C I F I. Well, I think uh, I think I'm gonna read some of those notes you left me, Daniel, on barrel roll tactics because I, I tried in the simulator the other week, and let's just say um, that coolant leaks don't. Do really good things for your hair. Okay, it's it's kind of it's dyed and it's falling out. So make sure if you're gonna barrel roll, you do it right and you just you tuck and you twist right in that right motion. It's really important. I think honestly that's what got him the job. So, but it's been it's been real fun discussing you know barrel roll tactics and Jordy. Live long and prosper. Make it so. Engage.
2: Fire. Butterfly in the sky, sky. I I can can fly twice twice as as high. high. It's in a
0: ticket book, Reading Rainbow, Reading Rainbow.